Just in time for your New Year's resolution coming up, Ask Alliance sits down with author and consultant Michael Godfrey of Discover Your True Course about his book, Without Regret, Be More, See More, Achieve More That Really Matters. In the book, he poses the question, did you miss out on what you really wanted while you were busy just surviving? Sit back and listen to the podcast presented by Ask Alliance with Todd Moore and Michael Godfrey. Michael, I appreciate you sitting down with us again today. Uh, I sometimes assume people know uh, who you are and what you do. Why don't you just give us a brief, just tell us who you are a little bit and what you do. Okay. Uh, I'm the president of True Course Life and Leadership Development. Uh, we do executive coaching, consulting, training, a variety of different kinds for businesses. We help businesses build team, uh, strengthen their organizational structure. We also help the executives in the business, uh, we like to say we help them be more, see more, and achieve more, yeah. uh, they, they actually are able to thrive in their professional and personal development as we work with them. So it takes, a, it takes something of a unique person to engage us because they have to want to grow. They have to sense that there's some way that they would like to grow and they want to engage that in a, in a kind of a structured way. As a coach, I don't tell people what to do. I help them find, the, discover their own thing about what they want to do. So it's uh, it's really exciting. It's great adult education. It's a good way to help them uh, discover the things that really, honestly, they already know, but they become aware of the things they do already know. Yeah, and you, you also do group facilitation and things. I know you have the strategic planning sessions and all right. that. Right. Well, not coming as a consultant, but facilitating. Mm-hmm. It's One of the, yeah, well, the thing I do there is called group process consulting. Yeah. And basically it just helps any group that's working on a project like strategic planning yeah. or something like that. It helps the group work together well. Most of the time, groups do not work together well because somebody has to tell a story or they get off track. and It, just, uh, it uses a lot of time, but a third party in the room can facilitate that and help the group work together extremely efficiently. Yeah. What got us here today... I was thinking it's amazing how quick time flies and the year end is here. Uh, and I was thinking what would be a good topic, you know, for many people, it's still we still do the New Year's resolutions, or at least think about those kind of mm-hmm. things. And I thought about your book, No Regrets. Mm-hmm. How did that come about? And just briefly, what's what's the topic of that? And how, how did that come about? What inspired you to write on that topic? I think the, the real inspiration for that came from two, two sources. One is my own journey and my desire to really end life without regret uh, and really not just to end without regret but to end with a very positive having achieved what I wanted to achieve in life. And then I began to see that a lot of my clients were asking those same kinds of questions. Uh, so, so the book came forward and uh, it's called Without Regret, Be More, See More and Achieve More That Really Matters. And that's the thing. Everybody is busy. Everybody's moving around in life, uh, doing all kinds of things. They're in what I call the whirlwind of life. And they're doing something, but are they doing what is really going to matter to them and what they really care about and what, at the end of their life, they're going to be glad to say that they did? Yeah. Uh, you know, I got your notes. I read your book. Uh, and I got, your, got some notes here because it was really powerful. I thought, well, this would be easy to just have an off-the-cuff conversation about but I was reminded some really powerful stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you start off with form your plan. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me 
um, I was told once that in my business career that if something's important, build a system around it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I thought about this four year plan. We're talking about living a life with no regrets. I think most people, if asked a question, would say, yeah, that's pretty important. Mm-hmm. But you just said it's important. Mm-hmm. But we don't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, why, why is that? Why, why do we not take something that's so important, but we don't do some of the things that you talk about in your book? I think part of it is we're not taught to do that. Uh, we, we take life as it comes, which is good in a lot of ways. But as we move out of high school and into college and so forth, we take life as it come with, comes without really laying a plan. Uh, I like to help my clients look at a plan that includes what do you want to accomplish by the end of your life. You know, Stephen Covey is kind of the one that popularized that, is to see the end from the beginning. And look out the end of your life and say, what is there that I really hope that I've accomplished by then? What is my mission? And so forming that plan centers around several things in my mind. One is it, is it centers around vocation. And vocation to me is a calling that comes from outside of you, from source yeah. outside of you to something bigger. Yeah. And then also uh, the uniqueness of the person. Uh, every person is going to express, even if they have the same mission, they're going to express it differently because it, they're different people. Yeah. And so understanding those uniquenesses, grabbing hold of them, uh, possessing them, using them, is really, really important. And then on top of that, you build mission and vision for your life, personal life. Sometimes I ask people, you know, what is, do you have a personal mission statement? And they'll give me their business mission statement. Yeah. They know they need one there, yeah. but they don't, they don't have one for their personal life. Another thing I hear is, uh, well, I wrote one in a business class or I wrote one in college, but, and I say, oh yeah, what is it? Well, I don't know where it is. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's something you have to actually create and use. Well, you've already touched on one of the first points is the best leaders are those who are growing and learning. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, it's easy to get stifled. It, it is, you know, and it's, it's easy to get stuck. Yeah. Uh, because you get into something that you didn't plan for, you actually have to embrace it to survive. Yeah. And to try to get out of that. Is a, it requires learning and growing and change and adjustment all the way through. I really, I really have a hard time understanding that mentality. Uh, and so many people that I know, uh, from the standpoint, it's so obvious that things are changing so fast. Mm. And if you're not growing and learning, you're really at risk. Mm-hmm. Complete, complete disruption of industries. And mm-hmm. you know, it's so easy to work to keep doing what's worked in the past, but if you're not growing and learning. You can mm-hmm. easily get left out. So yeah. you mentioned uh, form, you know, form a plan, form your personal mm-hmm. foundations. Uh, mm-hmm. Who are you? What's important to you? Mm-hmm. This kind of thing you're touching on. Yeah. On there, really helping you help someone identify those things. Yeah, absolutely. And there's there's some processes we go through that help them do that, and we even give access to some of those in the book, where a person can, you know, go out to uh, a site and get that for free in the book. So. Uh, there are exercises that help help refine that thinking, help work through the thinking. Because this isn't honestly, it's one of the reasons people don't do it is because it's not easy. Yeah, it's it's there's a lot of abstract there, and uh, I'm doing a presentation here in a couple of weeks where I'm I'm sharing with people that really only half of adults think in the way that's needed for this kind of work half the time. You mentioned perform your plan, mm-hmm. and you, you quote Peter Drucker. 
that you have to, at the end of the day, you can make a plan, but you've got to take action on it. Uh, you say, or he said, plans are only good intentions unless they immediately degenerate into hard work. Yep. It's exactly right. And a lot of it for the life mission, uh, the hard work of that is, first of all, developing it. Uh, the second thing I think that's, that's the hard work of it is paying attention to it. There's so many distractions, you know, that, that it's easy to lose sight of your own personal mission and you get involved in somebody else's or get involved in your businesses. Uh, your business, involved in your business mission is appropriate, but when it overshadows yours and actually gets you off track, then you need to probably consider something else. But there are, there are a lot of things that play into that performing the, the uh, mission. Yeah, you, in your book you mentioned, I think there's eight or nine things that you mm -hmm. go into great detail about. The one that jumped out at me I thought was interesting, well, I'll just fix some of them, you know, the boundaries and priorities and self-care and support, mm -hmm. sabotage, forgiveness, conflict, perfectionism. The perfectionism sticks out mm -hmm. to me uh, because I can't do it perfectly, I don't do anything at all. Mm. Kind of. It does create that. Perfectionism creates a lot of things. It, it Sometimes it's seen as a virtue, you know, that you get it right. And, I want to do that because I'm a perfectionist. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of a badge yeah. that you wear. It's an exhausting a difficult badge because you can never it's a goal that you can never ever ever reach yeah. but you set it out there and you can never even get close to it uh, so it's uh, it often becomes pretty discouraging and it leads to tremendous procrastination uh, to uh, low productivity because people are still trying to make it perfect and they never finish yeah. and so it, it's really very difficult and discouraging it'll slow you down so I share a quick story with you. Uh, when I was doing one of my degrees, I, I had a professor who, uh, who told me this. <clears throat> he said, when I look into the Bible and I see the creation story, I see that God said, that's good. And if God, who is God, could have made something, he could have made it perfect, yeah? But instead he made it good. And he said, if I can look at something, uh, if he can do that, then I can look at something and say, good enough because yeah. that's really kind of what God did said it he said it's good it's good enough it doesn't have to be perfect it's good enough and so can I look at something and go good enough and I, you know I've struggled with this a lot I mean that's yeah. it's the product of that and uh, in the book when you read about perfectionism you're seeing my story yeah and when you and when you, you're saying when you look back you probably not gonna be asking the question did I do everything perfectly but did I do good yeah. Good. Yeah, and that's that's the Enough only volume of good. That's the only way to live yeah. kind of without regret. Because if you if you judge your life under the uh, goal of perfectionism, you will always have regret, always. And learning to deal with that under the shadow of that perfectionism is huge. These are mindset <clears throat> issues, and one that comes to mind so much is the living under the judgment of others. Mm -hmm. You know, you, if you can't or you won't do things because you're so concerned about what others may think. Mm -hmm. and that can be a healthy thing to respect what other people think, but if it's crippling you from doing anything, it's a real problem. It just seems to be just a pretty prevalent society. You know, whether mm -hmm. it, it could be a person with good intent, your mother, your father, mm -hmm. your spouse, you know, but you're so it's, worried about, well, they think I'm, I'll look silly if I try mm -hmm. that, or if we do this, or if I fail. You know, and it's a mindset issue that keeps people from yeah. performing the things that they're not careful to look back on them. Mm -hmm. Fundamentally, it's a fear of judgment. Yeah. It's a fear that somebody's going to judge you as not good enough, not able enough, not competent enough, not capable enough. And 
that's a judgment that we all have to kind of walk away from if we possibly can. You just have to decide what you're going to do with it and walk away from it. It seems like if you talk to people, you know, in nursing homes or toward the end of their lives, most of the time if they talk about these type of issues, they'll talk about not what they did but what they regret that they didn't do. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Uh, I, th- I think the stats are about 64% of people over 65 have regrets, you know? I noticed uh, Facebook and Instagram, I think Instagram's owned by Facebook now, whatever, that mm-hmm. they're testing in certain markets, I think outside the United States, about removing likes mm-hmm. from their platforms. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting because yep. the impact that having likes is having on people's decisions about what they do when they post. Mm-hmm. Probably, if they're doing it, probably they're doing it out of self because they want more people on the platform. So it's probably becoming a negative mm. that people aren't doing what they want to do. They're doing what it's like, and then they have some anxiety yeah. about that. You know, yeah. It's really not the path that they want to go down, but when I do this, I get liked, and when I don't do it, you know, I do something I more care about, and it doesn't get as well received. Yeah. And one thing that you've talked about here is, uh, in addition to performing your plan and kind of walking you through real quickly, transform your regret. Mm-hmm. You have to transform it. That whole, that whole idea of transformation comes out of my background as an educational psychologist from a learning theory called transformative learning. Uh, and it takes place in people's lives every day. Is that we encounter something that what I, I like to describe it as being getting shaken up. Yeah. It throws us into a place that says, wait a minute, I didn't expect that. I didn't that, that doesn't fit with what I believe. It doesn't fit with how I think life works. And all the way through life as adults, this is an adult learning theory. It's, it's not quite the same with children. But, but adults, we have certain beliefs, and we hold tightly to them uh, because we've constructed them. We've made them a basis by which we live. And then we walk on through life, and we discover, whoa, that particular belief didn't, doesn't work here. Yeah. Suddenly, that, suddenly it, it may feel like you're wrong or, or that... You know, it can be in relationships, it can be in business, it can be in all kinds of ideas. Is it working for me? And you discover that suddenly those beliefs that you have are not serving you well for living and relating to other people. Mm -hmm. So you've got a choice at that point. You can either hold on to it and just stay right with it and keep letting it fail you. you We might even say Mm hard-headed. But you can also transform that and say, okay, what is the belief here that would serve me better? Uh, and there are a lot, of a, a lot of attendant things to be said about that, but, uh, but it's really a little bit like when you, when you hit that, what we call disorientation or that shaking up, yeah. <clears throat> it, it's a pretty traumatic experience on different levels because you begin to question yourself, you begin to question the belief, and then you begin to try to figure out, okay, how, what, what do I need to do with this? Yeah. And you begin to talk with others and try to identify a new way of thinking. And gradually you work yourself back into a way of thinking that serves better. And that's more true, actually. We all have our version of truth. Yeah. And everyone is different. And they're not necessarily true. <laughs> I heard it said that uh, if, change isn't, if change isn't a process, it will become an event. Mm. That's what I was talking about. An event occurs. And it yep. could be anyone thing. It could be something in your in your work life or a diagnosis, mm-hmm. something that scares you, or a birthday, uh, some relationship changing. That's exactly right. And then all right. of a sudden, yeah. you're thrown into an event. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like in those times, not being too keenly aware of what other people think is yeah. important. Because it can just 
it could just stifle you doing that. That's a great illustration, and you know, not the events probably are the clearest illustration of this. Um, the other thing is we can have processes at work that we keep working them and working them and working them, but they're not working. They're not achieving what we want. And so we come to the other side of it and we have to do something with it. So the principle behind the transforming thing is everyone who reads this, everyone who hears what we're talking about today, everybody who reads the book is going to say, wait a minute, I can't live without regret because I've already got some. Yeah. Well, if you've already got them, what do I do with it? you're going to have to do something with it. So what can you do? Well, you can learn from it. I mean, that's a very simple concept, is that you can learn from it. If you don't learn from it, then, then it truly is regrettable. But if you learn from it, then you don't have to let regret be this dominating, overshadowing thing, but it can be, it can be potential-filled and hope-filled at that point because it helped you. One of the things that you mentioned is recognizing when these events occur that you're not alone in this experience. Mm -hmm. Because of what I do, because we, the nature of a business, we get to be somewhat intimate with our customers a lot of times, mm -hmm. especially in financial matters. And sometimes because they do not have relationships outside that to share things with, and they end up sharing a lot with you. And so many times, when you see someone going through this, you like to be able to share with them, and sometimes you can, without getting too specific, like, this, you're not the only person that's had this happen to you. Mm -hmm. You just haven't had experience yourself, a personal failure, or recognizing that what I used to work is not working either in family mm -hmm. or in business or whatever, mm -hmm. and that I can change. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm trying to encourage them, like, because I've seen, I'm like, no, there's, I've talked to 25 people. You just don't know about their stuff. And everybody's right. got stuff. It kind of goes back to that judgment thing. Mm -hmm. You'd be less judgmental of yourself if you realize everybody's got their own stuff. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and I'm that's, more concerned about that than, than I That's one of the keys with this idea of transformation is I use it in the classroom. I use it when I'm teaching. You know, you kind of shake up beliefs in hopes that people will start thinking again. Because we do quit thinking. You know, I just mentioned earlier that only half think uh, in depth and critically about half the time as adults. So when you get shaken up, it, you kind of have to kick the rust off of things and start thinking again mm -hmm. uh, if you're not already doing it. So that can become uh, a really interesting experience, and the support is the key. Isolation kills. Yeah. Isolation will kill you. So having somebody you can talk to and visit with, and a lot of times that's why people come to coaching, is because it's a safe place that people can uh, come, they can talk about whatever they want to and know it's going to be held in confidence, and they can work through their stuff. And it's not, it's not counseling, it's not therapy, but it's a place to look forward and to say, okay, how do I work through this and how do I make this something helpful for my life? How can I put it back together under a new mindset, a new mm -hmm. transformation process? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know you said in some of your coachings and teachings, you got to the point where someone really has that wall moment where they realize, no, I, I already have these regrets or I'm headed down a path if I don't, either with my relationships or my career, I'm not doing the things uh, that I want to do that they actually can do something about it. I think mm -hmm. it's a pretty uh, uh, rewarding experience to see, mm -hmm. sit across from the table with someone that says, I'm going to, I can do that. And then you work with them and have had some success, I assume. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Do you think come to mind where a person you work with is kind of actually, you can see the results change and they're, they made some changes that you can actually Absolutely, see. yeah. You know, they, they make changes in, in their priorities and they, 
as a part of this process, they identify their values. What's most important to them? When they start living true to those values, they start feeling better about themselves. They start uh, being more focused. They start making uh, decisions easier because they've already made some, some global decisions that influence the smaller ones. And so those smaller decisions become easier yeah. under that. I had a guy one time that invited me to his office and he said, I need you to come now. That's fairly rare. But, <clears throat> but I went to see him and he had an issue going on. He told me about it. And I, I, we had done mission statement work and I said, well, what does your mission statement say? There was dead silence in the room. He looked at me and he said, now I know what to do. Yeah. But before that, it was really like, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know so what you to just, do. that process is usually going to bring them back to their plumb line of something that they set up mm -hmm. as a priority. Mm -hmm. So I would assume it helps to make decisions like, I've done the work, I've plowed the ground, mm -hmm. I've decided, and I know you've done this with, uh, with myself and others at our place, and you bring them back to that point, like, it, the conversation kind of goes like, well, Michael, we talked about this, and you said... You know, whether it's doing more volunteer work or whatever, you have trouble saying no, but then you get yourself in a position where mm -hmm. you're really not passionate about that, so it becomes work rather than something passionate. So these things come up, come back to that, and how does that fit with what you said was important? Now, either mm -hmm. what you said was important has changed, or you just need reinforcement. Yeah. And reminding of that. I've had people. And then they're like, oh, yeah. I've had, people, I've had people step back from a job advancement. Yeah. They went to the advancement, it was, it was not aligning. With their, yeah, with their mission, and they gave it up. That's how powerful it can become. You know, you just get the right things in place. I think that's so important. <clears throat> oh, it's huge. Like sometimes it's better to make seventy-four and play on the softball team and be happy. Mm-hmm. You make a ninety-six, and you didn't like managing people, and now you got people coming to you complaining all the time. Mm -hmm. You feel bad for them. You get felt bad about yourself, and you're miserable. Yeah. So those are choices we make. There are many, many times that people are advanced beyond where they want to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, for, for CEOs and people in advanced leadership and executive roles, there's only about 5% of the people in the whole situation that ever really fit in those roles. Yeah. But often in business, we try to advance people as quote, quote, leaders. Mm -hmm. We want to give them leadership training. And the truth is, some don't want to be. Yeah. But we try to advance them, and we say that's the way to go. And when really, honestly, if you ask them their mission statement, they say, no, I'm satisfied with where I am. So a lot of it's self-awareness. Mm -hmm. It is self-awareness. It's about paying attention to what's going on inside of you. And that whirlwind that I described distracts you from doing the reflective work to say, okay, what is there that's going on inside of me? What, what do I need to think about? And when, when I get into a coaching session with somebody, all of that falls away, and I start asking questions, and they begin to go, oh, that's what's going on. Yeah. And it's not that I tell them anything. It's just that they become aware of what's going on in them and aware of things that they know that they had forgotten they know. It's funny when you talk about New Year's resolutions, how passionate people seem to be. It's kind of mm -hmm. funny. Uh, some will quickly tell you why they don't believe in them and it's all this and all that. Mm -hmm. And some people, oh, no, I do some every year, and then they talk about how they fall off. It seems like the process itself, if nothing else, just a calendar. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, one of the things we try to do is sit down and look at our, just, it just reminds you, not necessarily the resolution, but then the year, but look at the org chart and mm -hmm. just look at every, you know, have a time specific where you're thinking about these things. Mm -hmm. So if, that, if a New Year's resolution does it for you, maybe that's a good thing. Sure. But certainly having a time to sit back and reflect on 
okay, I, am I where I wanted to be? Am I where I thought I'd be? Am I doing what I really enjoy doing to the extent I can? Mm -hmm. Do I have responsibilities? It's usually surprising how much we really can control of putting ourselves in that position mm -hmm. of being happier and, mm -hmm. and getting to a position where we don't have any regrets. And avoid, I mean, avoid the regret. That's yeah. the principle in the book is that you've, if you will plan, if you will form and perform, you're going to avoid a lot of regret. Yeah. In fact, most. Yeah. Uh, but the regret you do have, which is honestly, that's reality, yeah. then you can use that regret yeah. as an experience that creates something that's hopeful and filled with potential because you've learned from it and things are going to be different. And that makes you more of a person. I mean, it makes more real. You know, you mentioned something a while ago I did want to address is that, you know, people often don't talk about stuff, you know, their stuff, mm -hmm. because they're afraid they're going to be judged again. And it, that is just so destructive. Yeah. You know, if you find somebody you can talk to about your stuff and talk to them. Uh, some, it's funny because part of us even doing this, I know a very successful business people, they would think this whole process is very silly. Mm -hmm. But they measure their success and their worth on how much money they're making. Mm -hmm. And it, it's black and white what their balance sheet income statement looks like. And that's certainly a factor. My question for them would be this. These are my coaching questions. When you are done making money, what will define you then? Mm-hmm. You know, and to try to ask the question, you know, what, uh, when we're talking about mission statement, I do this funny thing. I may have mentioned this before, but <clears throat> I like to tell people to, to play like they're, and this is kind of interesting, but, you know, get out in a field where there's nothing and nobody but you, and you're there stark naked. There's nothing but you. What is there? Who are you right then? You're not what you're wearing. You're not what you're saying. You're not who you're related to. You're not any of that stuff. There are no trappings. Who are you? And then you begin to assemble these things back together as you want it to make you who, what makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And so to get away from all that, it's a difficult exercise because it's very abstract, but it's one that we work through fairly regularly. Where can, where can people find the book? Find the book on Amazon.com. Uh, look for Without Regret and put my name with it. It'll be easier. Godfrey. Okay. With it, Without Regret, Godfrey, and it'll take you right to the book. It's available in print, uh, in Kindle, or in audio. I was going to ask you about that. Is it in audio mm -hmm. form? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people like doing that. You yeah. Know, listen. That's my favorite. Yeah. yeah. And as far as contacting you, uh, your company name? True Course Life and Leadership Development. If you'll go to discoveryourtruecourse.com, discoveryourtruecourse, all one word, dot com, uh, you'll find... Uh, a place where you can opt in for our email or you can also just contact us directly through that website. Well, I always enjoy our time together because it's, uh, it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> it, uh, it challenges me, encourages me, but also challenges me to, to think about those things that otherwise uh, the, the tide in the river just pushes you downstream. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's easier sometimes because you don't have to deal with these things. Mm -hmm. And your, your, uh, your book and your conversation always provokes those kind of thoughts. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate right. it. Take care. Good opportunity. Thanks, Todd.